0: And Hello. welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice. I'm joined, as usual, by Catherine Vino and Chris Williams. We're all editors at Above the Law, and we're talking about legal stories of the past week, you know, giving a quick rundown of the exciting stuff going on out there. Before we do that, as usual, we, uh, you know, have a little bit of a, you know, chat about unrelated things that's going yeah, on just, with our just lives. Just completely,
1: you know, unpro- oh
0: which we call small talk the segment of the show where we Do talk I
1: just about like things. walk into these like a buzzsaw I'm like a fucking cartoon character over here who like doesn't see that the thing is about to be pulled out from underneath me You
2: yeah. weren't aware that's the that's the entire stick it's been that way for a <laughs> while now
1: yeah, no, I mean, I thought that that one he either was getting old and couldn't remember the word small talk, which I was kind of hopeful, <laughs> uh, and I thought that that might uh, prolong the. <laughs> don't look at me like that, Joe. You are in fact old. I, you know, oldest of us <laughs> for sure. So I woke went, up this morning and chose violence.
0: That was what the words I was about I to say. Know. Actually. Oh, I got fairly, got fairly you it's very
1: predictable.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, old Joes don't learn new tricks. That was how, is that how it goes? Yeah, yeah. old
0: Joe like that. new trick. I forget. So, yeah, we're here. Obviously, it's been a very eventful several days, and uh, not necessarily a legal story, but uh, in the mainstream news. Uh, Though there are legal angles to it, we are trying to keep on top of any law firms that do work for the Russian government and what they're doing about it. So far, at least Sidley Venable and Baker McKenzie, apparently, have all dropped their Russian government clients. So we'll we'll see. Obviously, there's many more that do work there, but we're we'll, mm-hmm. we're keeping an eye on that. That's not really one of the stories we were talking about, but that's uh, we just want wanted to acknowledge that we do understand, even though this show's not going to talk about that subject much. Uh, we there is understand fact, it's a fact war happening. going
1: on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, a good portion of my my weekend was definitely spent in front of cable news in in a way that I'm not sure I have been since. Two thousand and one.
0: I don't know about that. I, uh, elections. I feel I guess, like that's that's about the only time I ever turn on cable news. But
1: but I feel like the elections is more like a discrete amount of time. There's not like a oh it's midnight. I don't know. Kind of let me turn it on. Let me see what's going on. Did or, you not
0: watch the twenty twenty election?
1: Uh, yeah, but but we actually knew the answer before then.
0: <laughs> right. Well, it took it took like it took like five days. But I hear you.
1: Yeah, but we we were pretty sure.
0: We we had to turn. Uh, we had to turn him, uh, Steve, into a a folk hero.
1: Yeah, Steve Kornacki of MSNBC, uh, for in, sure, draped in khaki. khaki. Gap khakis, listen, they're classics for a reason. But yeah, so right. so what did you do this weekend, Chris?
2: Uh, fuck this weekend. About <laughs> 15, 20 minutes ago, I just got a bunch of jackets. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. And I got I was, one too today. Yeah, and I was uh, so so for people who don't know what's going on, which is basically everybody listening right now, including, uh, <laughs> including my mom, when she does listen to this. Hi, mom. So Joe, in his infinite grace, told me that there was a website that was selling very nice jackets at super affordable prices because they were going out of business. Yeah, And I saw this one jacket that was like 27 bucks, and it retailed like 150 or so. And I was like, this is probably made with cardboard. And then Joe's like, no, I have one. This is actually... It, damn they're, they're,
0: they're decent jackets yeah no and I, I actually to, this is, yeah, is it not a sponsored portion <laughs> of
1: our uh but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: because they're can, out of business yes. it can't this, be they're yeah. out of business
2: this is not sponsored by them because they may not exist anymore and my arm fits through oh, <laughs> good this is step one always first oh oh game over yeah this is nice It this is is nice now, oh I mean,
0: now we can't show up in public both wearing the same jacket, but yeah. Yeah, we can't. I don't know what you're wearing, but I'm
2: wearing this. I, <laughs> Fair am, I am backing somebody's grandmother in this jacket. I'm gonna get those AARP benefits. It is happening. Yo, this it, is nice.
0: It is a yeah. And they were super cut. And rate. the pockets. Um, they have yeah.
2: they, one, they have pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Two. Oh wait, this is a this is a this is a fake one. But hey, same hmm. you. you can't have everything. No, maybe it's it I just, just tax to, like, closed.
0: Yeah, you yeah. might need to open it.
2: Yep. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. We'll see. But yeah, so I'm so on So you a, got
1: some clothes. <laughs> yes,
2: yes. You know, nothing nothing helps soothe the, you know, the existential angst and worry about sanctions like, like a little bit of consumerism. So
1: absolutely. Absolutely. I've definitely spent a fair amount of this weekend shopping as well. How about you, Joe? What did you uh get into?
0: I was judging a debate tournament. So how how'd your teams do? Uh they won. Nice. So
1: yeah. Nice. I mean, I knew the answer to that question. That right, was kind of a. You were also. Said, ooh, no, more more conspicuous consumerism. I love you, it. Do it. Do not
2: mind me. Do not mind me. This is one of the moments where I'm glad that the podcast is not being recorded because there's there's. I mean, we are in right. fact. Damn, don't, don't make it weird. Don't remind me. Uh, yo, this one's this one is burgundy. Oh, streets are not ready. They are oh, not ready.
0: Nice. <laughs> mm. Yes. So since you mentioned that I was judging a debate tournament, I, I think mean, that's I a very good transition. Figured,
1: I was trying. I, I, I'm here for you. Okay, you're done. You're not here for <laughs> me, but I'm here for you.
0: I was trying
1: to prompt a seamless transition here.
0: Right. So, But the instead, fan.
1: I got interrupted rudely by your soundboard.
0: Mm-hmm. So the <laughs> the transition, You're so uh, cold. The transition, of course, is that we now have a nominee for the va- current, you know, the soon to be vacant Supreme Court seat. Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson will be going through a confirmation process, which one assumes she would clear, given that she was, you know, went through the same thing less than a year ago for her. I mean, that is bold, but I,
1: I certainly agree. I certainly hope that that's true. But yes. one thing that the Republicans have taught me uh, over the last mm, seven or eight years is there's no dumb argument that they won't make.
0: So <laughs> It's true there was an attempt to block her before that that failed and you know not much has really changed so one assumes she gets through the reason this is a transition of course is that she was a Star on uh, her speech and debate team at Miami Palmetto, and there yes. was a- there was an
1: article this weekend. And uh, New York Times wrote an article how a high school debate team shaped Ketanji Brown Jackson, and it includes um, a quote that she uh, had from 2017 talking about the debate team. That uh, that was an experience that I can say without hesitation was one the one activity that best prepared me for future success in law and life. Yep. and all of your hosts are actually. Debate team alumni, so it mm-hmm. seems like we, so Supreme Court potential Supreme Court justices, they're just like us.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I to the Rutgers. The takeaway, NYU yep.
2: debate, uniting the crowns
0: forever and yep. always. Then, uh, yeah, and I went to the University of Oregon. Who uh,
1: I debated for NYU,
0: and there you go. Yeah, so NYU, who no. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, no, so it was very, it was very uh, interesting. Judge Jackson of course uh actually won high school nationals in oratory, oratory which mm-hmm. is persuasive speaking. Yeah, it, I actually talked with David Marcus who's um also hosts a podcast uh about criminal defense work, uh you know, pretty prominent criminal defense lawyer in Miami. Uh he ha- actually was on uh he traveled with Judge Jackson. He was uh, So he was on, on the
1: same circuit in high He was school. on the same
0: circuit in Miami and so uh chatted with him a little bit about you know, his memories of her. And yeah, I, I don't really have much more to say about it on that front. On the more substantive front, we can transition to that. If we can transition to that, this is obviously the candidate that I think we all thought was the front runner all along. There was some noise about Judge Childs, driven largely by
2: South, South Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Lindsey
0: Graham and Tim Scott basically made noise that they would support Judge Childs, given that Judge Childs is from South Carolina, because, you know, some things are thicker than partisanship. And that... <laughs>
1: state's rights!
0: Yeah, so that that ultimately... <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, South Carolina getting way into state's rights has never gone south on us at all. Oh! Uh, but yeah, no, the... Uh, so there, they made that noise. There was some suggestion that that might be what happened. But no, uh, Judge Jackson obviously... Ended up being the front runner like we thought all along, which makes sense. Uh, her nomination to the D.C. Circuit was largely conducted as a preview uh, for this. Sure,
1: uh, but I do think that you know, going back to the earlier point about whether how smooth this will be? Question mark. Hopefully, it it is smooth, and I am just being overly nervous for no reason. I certainly hope that that is what happens. But Lindsey Graham, uh, in particular, he had, he voted for Judge Jackson in the, uh, to be on the D.C. circuit, but went very flame on this weekend saying how the nomination of Judge Jackson was a, a, a point for the far left and how Biden has given up centrist and, and you know, all, all the kind of terrible whatevers that you can imagine. But he, at least, seems to be signaling, well, probably two things. One, that he's really pissed that it wasn't Childs, one. Two, that you can't take for granted that all of the folks who voted for Judge Jackson to be on the D.C. Circuit will necessarily support her to be Justice Jackson. So I think that that definitely opens up um, some more stuff. But one of the other interesting thing was that despite sort of this fiery rhetoric, there doesn't appear to be a ton of cases or decisions or articles that judge Jackson has written that, f- that the right seems to be calling attention to as problematic. I-, I think that they're just basically saying it's a black woman. She must be far left as opposed to actually doing any of the, any of the, anything that says this case is a problem. Uh, this representation, uh, it really is just about dog whistles at this point and not about actual substance, uh, which is both not surprising, but may also be effective.
0: You raise an important point that if somebody receives support and confirmation to a circuit court, that does not necessarily translate to getting to the Supreme Court. And part of the reason for that, of course, is that, you know, circuit courts are courts and the Supreme Court is not, uh, despite the name. It is, you know, it's not bound by anything, which, you know, Takes away most of the courtiness of it, well, uh, putting somebody on a circuit. Some district
1: courts aren't. Don't think that they're bound by anything. That's true. We did talk
0: <laughs> la- uh, recently about a district court that didn't think it was bound by anything, but they're supposed to be, and that does raise different, you know, the different calculus when you're deciding who For does sure. and doesn't get to be on there. That said, this was a very recent with the same group of senators process. Uh, it was an effort where. All of the same opposition research had been marshaled and proved insufficient. That does suggest that this will be a little bit smoother of a path. And I think that was a large part of why she was always, in my mind, a front runner. You had somebody who had already gone through the crucible, basically, recently, and come out the other side with no scrapes. That makes mm-hmm. it easier. So we're going to see this process unfold, preferably relatively quickly before midterms. And we will uh, have somebody prepared to take that seat when Justice Breyer steps down after the term ends in you know June, July, depending on how much they've oversubscribed with cases.
1: Which sounds like they may have, but <laughs> we shall see.
0: So any other thoughts on our new Supreme Court nominee? Nope. All right. Yeah. If you're looking for uh, a
2: clerk, let me know. There you <laughs> go. I have I have a blue book, both virtual and physical. I'm not good at it, but I'm willing to learn. You know? <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of m dashes. Uh, I, like I like my I like my commas
0: Oxforded. You feel me? You know. <laughs> let me know. I actually read a thing. I can't, who wrote it? There was somebody wrote a guide to good legal writing where one whole section was just look the m dash is amazing it's <laughs> so and good it, it was just like look so good I, I understand there are some pedantic people who are like that shouldn't be that that should be a semicolon but the author was like no use m dashes they're amazing uh look, i completely agree i'm so this podcast pro- is
1: brought to you by the i m-. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: no, i'm so and i'm so m
2: dash i have memorized. Alt 0151, so that I can <laughs> that just put the M dash into WordPress when I write. Do I know? The only other numbers I remember
0: like that are my mom's cell phone. That's it. <laughs> my mom's cell phone, M dash. I think if you put two N dashes in the back end, it appears on the site as an M dash.
1: Yeah, if you do it, if you do it in the text mode in WordPress as two little dashes, it'll come up as an M dash.
0: Now you see, everyone's hearing a little bit of the inside baseball of how this whole thing works. So what are we going to do now? Are we, oh, phone's ringing. Are you serious? what what we did did. You,
1: did you did you increase the soundboard so you could do a smoother transition to did, our ads?
0: I did this last week too. Do you not remember I blocked play- out Okay. You must yeah. have
2: been able to do this cuz you had more free time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, excellent point. I had free time because I had folks able to field these calls and handle the intake the, the the intake and all the stuff that you need Receptionist to do so let's hear from posh
1: as a lawyer ever wish you could be in two places at once you could take a call when you're in court capture a lead during a meeting that's where posh comes in we're live virtual receptionists who answer and transfer your calls so you never miss an opportunity and the posh app lets you control when your receptionist steps in so if you can't answer posh can and if you've got it posh is just a tap away with Posh, you can save as much as 40% off your current service provider's rates. Start your free trial today at posh.com.
0: All right, we're back.
1: Less smooth, less smooth.
0: What, what do you mean? I, not only was that smooth, I, I, I got an assist from Chris on it, too. Mine like was we were, mine was yeah. velvet. Yeah. <laughs> Come on.
2: I, I just think that Catherine's... Judge leader, Jackson, if you're listening... Yeah, Those yeah. transitions could be yours too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so I guess let I guess let's talk about Russia a little bit. I, I know we previewed this as part of small talk, uh, and we aren't going ba- we aren't going back to small. Uh, is that the sound effect you wanted to have as opposed to a trumpet?
1: The trumpet is particularly irritating, but
2: I wouldn't be opposed to like a Barry White small talk. <laughs> like, <worked> <laughs> <laughs> just once just once for the
0: culture like yeah no i th- i like that i, like I think that.
2: people should definitely write into us it's <laughs> tips
1: at above the Com, subject line small talk uh, and let us know what sound effect you prefer for a small talk we can get some like audience participation here Small
0: talk. yeah so transitioning uh we we did preview a little bit that there's you know it, it obviously there's a war on and their efforts globally to kind of isolate the Putin regime. But big law firms do a lot of work for that regime. And what are they doing about it? And some firms, we've said, have already announced that they're, you know, pulling away. Others have been silent. Still others, I note there are a couple of firms, uh, Freshfields and uh, White & Case in particular, who do work for uh, some of the sanctioned Russian banks, However, they are doing litigation work in the middle of active, ongoing cases, uh, which, for a variety of professional responsibility reasons, can't just
1: drop those like a hot potato. <laughs> yeah,
0: you, you, you probably locks them in, and so we, if people want to begin a process of you know making noise and trying to pressure firms to drop these clients, remember that at least some of these firms may be <laughs> under professional obligations that prevent them from acting quickly. Sure. But uh, I, I wouldn't take this time to kind of talk about the morality of it. Now We talked about this in in other contexts before, but you know, like, lawyers like the phrase, like, everyone deserves a lawyer, but that's a little bit naive. Law firms have obligations as businesses. They are brands. And they have to worry about that. They have other clients uh, who don't want to be attached to sure. some of this work. I mean, I... I I'm pretty confident the board of directors of Disney does not want their name casually mentioned in con- in the same breath as war criminals. So that's, these are considerations. We don't talk about Bruno. Yeah, we don't talk about Vlad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they These are concerns that law firms need to take into account. And I know there's, there is this, I already used the word naive, but there's this mythos of, Our profession, we don't, we don't, everyone deserves a lawyer and we take on everything. And that's just, just not how reality plays out. Uh, You have other concerns and need to embrace that sometimes part of good client service is recognizing that you can't have every client.
1: Yeah. And I think that this, uh, a similar issue or the same issue, but just in a different context, came up, you know, in the wake of the uh, January 6th coup attempt, mm-hmm. right, when some big law firms were very much implicated whether clients or or signed some documents, you know, trying to contest the 2020 election. And who your clients are matter when you are a global business. There's also, I think, a vast difference between representing, you know, that kind of mythology of everyone deserves a lawyer when you're talking about someone who is Facing jail time in a personal situation, right? Versus these very savvy large businesses I don't think that and they're also civil cases for the most part right they're not criminal cases so I think there's also a different imperative about whether or not people actually require or how much representation or whether or not you need to be doing the representing so I think that that, that is also a little bit different but uh, you know we said it you know in the wake of of January 6th and I think it's also true now that who your clients are matter they matter to your brand and they also that ma- means it matters for recruitment. You know, that's the other part that's very, very true, especially right now. Big law is, I've said it a million times in the last year and a half, we're in the middle of a white hot lateral market, right? And that means that little things can sometimes make the difference if you're, you know, trying to hire more folks and the difference between you and a competitor is, oh, I don't have to worry about this kind of sticky russia representation stuff why why wouldn't that be a deal breaker why wouldn't that be the difference maker when folks are looking at stuff we're seeing increasingly compensation is the same a lot of benefits are are kind of uh leveling out here you know when you talk about things like these kind of nebulous ideas like what is a firm culture the clients and the kind of work you do help to create that
0: you know like there's so many levels of this and we've had i I personally know when Ellie and I were hosting this show, we had, we devoted an entire episode to this question of uh-huh. where do you, where do you draw the line and to what extent are, is your professional obligation to give everyone a, a, a zealous defense run afoul of your business obligation to worry about your other clients. And, you know, like there are criminal defense lawyers who will take on everybody, but part of why they do that is, their job is to help people who are rightly, wrongly, fairly, unfairly social pariahs, mm-hmm. and so they do want to have those clients because that is a service to the rest of their clients to show that they are willing to take on that work and able to help those folks. That is not the same thing as somebody who's representing I keep bringing up Disney, but I mean that's a that's a brand that you know has to worry about that sort of stuff and then there's questions of to what extent are you representing somebody? To the we talked about this a lot with the Hogan levels situation, where at the Supreme Court they were working with Nestle uh, in a child slavery discussion. But the specific question that was being litigated was very, you know, a very hyper technical one about statutes and what they mean. Does the fact that the circumstances surrounding it ha- have kind of an unsavory cloud change the motivations and the? The pressures. Yeah. It's a very interesting question, and it's one that I feel lawyers often blow off, and uh, because they're so in love with this image of themselves as these crusaders. Uh, but it's it's not how the real world works, and I think it's worth having that conversation and thinking about w- what do you do in these sorts of sticky situations.
1: And the other kind of side to the coin, I think is the, some firms, uh, Paul Weiss in particular, has, has started a bunch of uh, pro bono work for Ukrainians. And I think that that's sort of the, uh, both in terms of a PR, but in also in terms of the legal work that's being done. Um, that's kind of the other side of the coin is, you know, marshalling the resources of big law to help, you know.
0: Yeah, not not a surprising move. Paul Weiss has. Very on brand for them. Historically, I, I, I Paul Weiss did pro bono work during World War II, for Jewish folks fleeing Germany, uh, this is very much what this firm has done historically. Mm-hmm. There are a number of organizations that Chairman Brad Carp sent out an email last night to the firm, identifying some organizations that they're giving donations to and offering pro bono legal services to help that are focused on refugee support. This is another. You're right. This is the other side of this, and uh, something that more firms need to. Step up because, you know, they, they have, you know, firms offer something valuable and they could be using it here. Absolutely. So I guess let's, uh, let's finish up uh, on a story that did reasonably well last week, uh, talking about the Virginia bar exam. Okay. The Virginia bar exam, for those of you who don't know, has a policy that you uh, can only take it if you're dressed up.
1: Professional garb, right? So it's a suit for
0: suit and ties for men to take a test. Uh for women. Uh pants suits are allowed, which is nice because historically that wasn't true. Progress. There was a day where dresses were required for women taking the test. So, you know, we're moving moving on up there. Ever forward.
1: (laughs) I mean it the uh, of all the instances in your life where one has has to don, don a suit, I feel like taking the bar exam is the dumbest. Pretty easily, right? Court appearances, sure. Weddings, cool. Funerals, understandable. Taking a test, dumb.
0: Yeah, it. it this this is a policy that is so retrograde, and it's.
1: It's also so- classist, right? Yeah. Like like make sure you have a suit before you're even allowed to be a lawyer, right? So it it it, it 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 assumes a lot of things about folks' ability to pay for things like that. And in a world where they can't actually work yet because they haven't passed the bar exam yet, which is, you know, Really dumb.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's it's also just it reflects the way in which bar examiners and licensing do- doesn't understand the modern practice of law. As a litigator, sure, you will wear suits when you go to court. There are wide swaths of the legal profession that never, ever, ever find themselves doing that. Yep. There are tax lawyers that don't even leave their office uh, <laughs> that have never seen a client that he, just some some rainmaking corporate partner flings work into their into their office like a bucket of fish heads and you know <laughs> nobody knows what happens in there but work we have the answer come, work <laughs> product comes out there's no reason why everybody needs to dress up it's just it's just like weird
1: It's retrograde classes yeah, for yeah sure. it,
0: it's it's a power play of these board examiners just being like, I can make you treat me like I was a judge. Also,
2: basically. given COVID,
0: professional dress has
2: been button down shirt and basketball shorts. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if somebody went there
0: wearing that, that should count because the last two <laughs> years, that's been the case. Law firms, law firms have been on business casual for years at this point. Yep. Hey. I was told,
1: just make sure you have a suit in the back of your cl- your office door just in case.
0: Yeah. Just in okay. case. Okay. You know, it's
1: never never got worn it, it stayed there yeah so
0: if it were a better reflection on how the actual legal profession works then at some point in the middle of day two of the exam they should say all right everybody quickly put on your suit <laughs> for the next question and then you can get ready then you, then like,
1: you, then you can get yeah, off
0: yeah that would be, at It'd be least, more accurate at least track reality a little bit <laughs> yeah no it's, it's unfortunate that this still happens uh hopefully this will change but it will only change if you know people people out there run for uh leadership positions inside these organizations, and unfortunately that's something if there's nothing else, I think we can wrap this up
1: wrap it up friend.
0: Okay. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. You should be subscribed to the show so you get new episodes when they come out. You should give reviews. Stars also write something. It helps more people hear it. Uh, so you should, about the algorithm. It's all about algorithms. Uh, you should check out Catherine's show, The Jabot. I'm also a panelist on the Legal Tech Week Journalist Roundtable. You should check you out go. the other shows by the Legal Talk Network. You should be reading above the law so you see these and other stories before you hear our recap of them on the the show every week you should follow us on social media i'm at joseph patrice she's at Catherine one the numeral one he's at rights for rent uh you should be checking out our sponsor posh and and if you're thinking of a thing in the help with the algorithm maybe you
2: could put a sound effect we should add to the box.
0: All right, yeah, You know, let us know. I, I'm always eager to get more sound effects, so let me know what, what would be fun. You know, to I got Catherine an email Shigran. from a
1: listener who said that I was right about this, by the way. And oh, that I yeah, was- you did get somebody who said you
0: were, yeah. Mm.
1: Thank you, I read it, I appreciated it. Uh-huh. Um, Fair enough. And more people, I'm sure, the silent majority is with me.
2: Well, silent people don't speak up. We'll see you all next week. All right,
0: <laughs> bye, all